Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. My name is Peter Rosenberg, and I'm coming to you live today from the ESPN New York studios in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We have a lot to talk about. Believe it or not, in the world of wrestling, isn't that exciting? Um, I think there's a lot of uh, interesting stories that happen inside the ring, outside the ring. Of course, in the uh, in the hip hop world, you have a lot of people chatting about this Drake album, which I'll spend at least a minute or two on. Why not? And uh, and of course, my season finale of Open Late with Chance the Rapper is now live on YouTube.com/slash/complex. If you are Team Cheap Heat, if you are a Peckerhead, I hope that you would uh, support it. Um, I think it's... It was Repug. No, no, no. It's Mage. It's not Repug. It's more... Oh, my God. Mage. Major. Thank you. So uh, go check that out. YouTube.com slash complex. Final episode for season one. Though we will be back for season two, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, But a lot going on outside the ring. A lot going on inside the ring. Stat Guy Greg is on assignment. And when I say on assignment, I mean he – I don't know where he – where did he say he was going? You know, we'll call him. We'll check in with the old SGG and see how he's doing. But he did – where is it? Let's see. He said uh, – I know you got a softball game tonight. Oh, yeah, I had a softball game yesterday at uh, Yankee Stadium. We'll get to that too. He said, tomorrow I'm driving up to Ithaca and then Rochester for a christening. Wow. Working the, work the towns. SGG. It's like, this is like having Greg. I like a delicious chicken. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I have Sean top 10. It's professional wrestling. Bret Hart, the real wrestler. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. He can't get past a guy who's just shady. Hulk Hogan is the Sugar Hill Gang, right? And Bret Hart is Rakim. Thanks for nothing, Shaq. People buy replica belts all the time. Oh, my God. So that there is basically, let me get in one more Bret Hart. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. And with that, it's basically like he's here. Now, shout out to the actual uh, everyone in WWE. Not everyone. Uh, it sounds like it's, I think it's SmackDown only. Um, are in Tokyo. For house shows this weekend, which is pretty cool. Um, I wish I could that with that is a place I'd like to go. You know, there's talk about maybe doing being able to go to Australia. I would like to do Tokyo. Um, so outside the ring, let's see, Stacey Keebler gave birth to her second child. Um, uh, we had the 20 year anniversary of King of the Ring. When Mick Foley got broken in half by God um, against The Undertaker in one of the best moments in the history of wrestling. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's also the anniversary of um, of the promo this week, the pipe bomb. Seven years or something? But when you think about the Undertaker Mick Foley moment and where that must stand, it's uh it's sort of unfathomable. Like that that moment happening is just insane. You know, you could talk about other things that have happened, other moments. Shocking moments. There's nothing like really the first fall. And it's interesting because we all know at this point, anyone who listens to this podcast is aware that the first fall for Foley was not damaging particularly. It was the second one, which happened by accident when he fell through the cell, landed on his back, tooth goes into his nose. That was when he really hurt himself badly. Um, Of course, they'll finish the match. But it did change the standard for what a holy S moment is. 
You know, like crazy things that happen in backyard wrestling videos people had seen. You know, um, ECW did things that were was crazy, the stacks of tables. And you just heard of things that people like New Jack were doing at shows. But this particular moment is insane. He spoke about it here uh, this last week um, on a podcast. Let me give props to the podcast. What's it called? The Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling Podcast. Quite the name. It's a mouthful of a name. Um, and he talked about this match, but here's what he says. Uh it's definitely cathartic to talk about. I'm kind of finding out new elements about the match as we go, especially since it was a match that I kind of ran from for so many years and did not want to talk about it. But after a while, I guess in the same way that Adam West came to terms that he was Batman, and I know there are some other actors that kind of felt pigeonholed, I don't want to be known for just that one thing. But after a while, it was like maybe this isn't the worst thing to be known for. But it has been really cathartic to discuss it, and I can honestly say that these have been the most fun shows and the best shows that I've done. So I guess he's having fun doing a little run talking about it. Um, but yeah, that moment forever. You know, every, every couple years I watch that match. Just because it, it watching the, the journey that the live crowd went on to, to be there. I, I can't imagine being there. You know what, you know what is underrated in that whole thing? How well him and Undertaker did to make sure that he hits the table when he goes off the top of the cell. Cause you can see he's moving away from it as if he could miss it. And he doesn't. And you can only imagine what would happen if he missed it. It's a, it's a crazy thing to, uh, think about. So let's see. If you're in Bismarck, North Dakota on Saturday, Bismarck, North Dakota, Monday Night Raw is coming to you. Smackdown at Taipei Arena in Taipei, if you're going to be there. Also exciting. The Raw crew will be in Fargo, North Dakota. With Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. And Braun Strowman versus KO. We'll get to Braun Strowman and KO because I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed them this week. But I want to start also outside the ring. I was uh, tweeting with my boy Emilio Sparks, who's a great follow and has a great um, uh, wrestling podcast himself. You know, we've talked about them a lot. Um, the work that Emilio... And, uh, and Kaz, and, uh, although I don't think Kaz is, I, I actually, I know Kaz must not be doing it anymore. But, um, yeah, but he, he does a great job with the Wrestle Rap podcast. And he was making the point that the pipe bomb isn't what it's, it isn't what it's cracked up to be essentially because it was a worked shoot, as they say. And to me, that's seeing it fundamentally wrong. That's what makes it so great. That's why I love it. Because of the fact that it was a work shoot. Now listen, would it have been amazing for all of our imaginations if he had gone completely rogue and literally just made it up as he went along? Yeah, that would be amazing. But the point is, is that it felt that way anyway. I don't care that it was a work. It's wrestling, dude. It's supposed to be a work. That's what it's supposed to be. Now, he was making the argument it didn't change. It didn't change wrestling. You know, it didn't have a, the cultural shift, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You know, there's there's an argument to be made that, like, maybe in the things that have come. I mean, I'll do, I do think it made changes. You could argue whether or not those changes have been for the better or not. And I think some of the changes that were possible kind of went out the window because CM Punk's run with WWE came to an end. But to me, the idea of punishing that moment kind of because it was a work shoot is is silly to me. I, I think that's the part I love about it the most. You know, and, and how much do we know? Oh, they knew everything he was going to say. That's what people want to say, dude. If you were someone who caught the brunt of what he said and you didn't know he was going to go that far, would you rather have people think you were completely blindsided? Or would you rather be like, yeah, of course, everyone knew. We don't know exactly who knew what. 
I just know at the moment I sat there in front of my TV like, oh my gosh. I, and to be honest, it's, I guess it's a little extra personal for me. It was um, just after Alexa's brother Spencer passed away. You know, the, the well, and by the way, Spencer's birthday was uh, yesterday. Um, would have been 25. But it was, he, had, he had died in May. And I remember because I would not obviously remember that. I remember the pipe bomb because it was one of the first things that got me really, really happy that like I couldn't believe happened. 627-2011. And I, and I contend. And I contend that it did. Here's how it changed the game also. It elevated Ring of Honor. It elevated the indies generally. It showed a different level of respect for the things that existed outside of WWE. And that actually ended up lasting through time. And now we're at a point where, A, you have all these TNA dudes who have now come to WWE and are WWE superstars. And, in fact, if you watch the Hardys 24, which I really recommend, maybe the best new thing on the network, the Hardys 24, which gets deep into the Hardys' uh, problems with substance addiction, they're showing TNA footage. They're talking TNA. I think it did help get the WWE to open their eyes to that there are other things, and those other things may not be as big, but they're worth note. And from for me, and I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it again, the CM Punk pipe bomb seven years ago was the most shocking, exciting pro wrestling moment I've had as an adult. It was the most oh my moment I have had since I was an adult. That's how I feel. So that anniversary... As well. Now, uh, we're coming off of the best week of Raw and SmackDown in some time. The question is, how do things continue? And a lot of concern exists early because based on what you're seeing on TV and based on what people are writing about, People, you know, they're telling Reigns to move on. You had your chance. Where's Brock Lesnar? He doesn't respect this company. The word seems to be that at SummerSlam, we will be heading towards Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. I'm surprised. I, I, if it goes that way after the last pay-per-view, after the reaction to Roman and Jinder, I'm surprised. I will be surprised if, if that is what we get as the main event at SummerSlam in Brooklyn of all places. Can you imagine how Brooklyn is going to react if that's the case? I just, how do you do it? How do you get there? How do you get to a place? How do you get to a place where people are cheering Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar? And frankly, I also think you're not in a place where people are cheering Brock Lesnar. I think the beauty is people are ready to boo Brock Lesnar. That's the fun part. Especially if Brock, in fact, may step away and go to UFC for a while. People, guys, people are bored of Brock Lesnar. They are legitimately, I think, annoyed now when they hear Paul Heyman come out. It is not what it used to be. Take advantage of that. That's an opportunity. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar being booed like real heels again instead of being what they were before, which was just the act that smart fans all cheered for. There is an advantage to that. I don't think you can take advantage of that. With Roman Reigns. I just don't think it's possible. I don't. I think the time has come and gone. You guys know. I have. To the much to the chagrin. Of our. You know most hardcore. Wrestling fan listeners. I have caped for Roman Reigns before. 
Not to mention we have Mr. Roman Reigns, Sack Guy Greg. Oh, my goodness. I'm just sorry. I, I just don't see how you get there. Maybe this is a good time to call Greg. See what uh see what Greg says. We'll try SGG right now. S to the G to the G. The question is, if you were to predict right now, do you think Greg says it's a bad idea or he says no, it can work? Uh, you reach Greg Hyde, I think. All right. No Greg Hyde. What are we going to do? How do you get dissed by Stack Guy Greg on the on GP? I'm going to try something unprecedented. Something that's never been done. This is this is risky. I'm trying it anyway. Hello, it's Booker T. Hey, Booker T. Yeah. It's Peter Rosenberg. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? See, I'm good, bro. What you up to? Are you are you busy? Do you have do you have five minutes for my podcast? Boom. Well, listen, first of all, Booker, if you run into Corey, don't fight him at the airport. <laughs> you know the rules. Look, man, I went on and let the kid off the hook, man. You know what I mean? He bought me a, a bottle of Jack Daniels, a hundred year old bottle, so we're, we're good. <laughs> all right. I'm currently, t- I'm talking about right now. The situation with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and the fact that the way it appears right now is that we could be heading towards another Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar main event at SummerSlam. First of all, do you see that playing out? Because to me, it gets me nervous when I listen to how that crowd reacted at at Money in the Bank to Jinder and Roman. I have concerns about how this would play out at SummerSlam. Do you have any thoughts on it? Hey, man, you know, uh, we're in a different time right now. We're in a different era of professional wrestling. I, I talk about it with my students all the time. We were just actually talking about the Roman Reigns and uh, Gender Mahal match. And uh, a lot of the fans were, you know, totally just, you know, t- took over the, the place, you know. And, 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 and that's, that's the era we live in because uh, the, the wrestling has changed. Uh, the wrestler has changed. Um, the fan um, has changed. Social media, everyone has a voice and an opinion. You know, so this one right here, you know, Brock Lesnar, um, Roman Reigns, of course people are going to weigh in on that one. And weigh in very strongly. SummerSlam is one of the big four right there. So uh, uh, me personally, uh, you know, would I book it that way? Um, you know, I don't know. Would, would I uh, uh, switch things around? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it's going to take, switching things around. I don't, I don't want to open any doors or anything like that, or uh, let the cat out of the bag or anything like that. But I think that's what's going to uh, need to be done. Well, and of course, if you want to hear Booker talking about it and giving all his opinions on the state of wrestling and everything else in the world, you can always listen to Heated Conversations, Book. Um, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, listen, I've been a big Roman Reigns guy on the show. I think his talent in the ring is underrated and incredibly special my concern is i think we now have an opportunity where people are really ready to boo brock lesnar they're ready to boo paul Heyman, and i see that as an opportunity i i just don't know if roman's the guy to do that and my fear is you end up getting a brock lesnar goldberg wrestlemania 20 situation and i'm i, I will see listen i'm with you we'll see what happens no, no, I, I, I feel that way too because literally uh you know right now it's, it's perfect timing, like you say. You know, is Roman Reigns the right guy? You know, people out of we were just talking about it on my show um, just last week as far as, you know, Brock Lesnar being, you know, being a, a guy that, you know, work only a few times a year. You know, uh, uh, two people want change. So right now, man, um, there's going to be the one. It's going to be the one that makes it a break. But on the other hand, let me just say this. Would you uh, let me get out of here? Um, um, uh, Brock Lesnar, he always delivers. You know, even though he's a guy that just shows up every now and then, you know, he changes the um, the, the, um, the floor of the crowd somehow. And it might just be with one of those big stiff elbows and split Roman Reigns open. And, uh, and you might start cheering for him all over again. That, you know what? That's a really good point. Hey, Book, just wanted to get your voice on the podcast. Safe, safe travels, my friend. I right, appreciate it, man. T- take care, man. All right, Book. There he is, the five-time, 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 five-time. Booker T, 
Um, measured with his words, obviously, but, uh, you know, because listen, the fact of the matter is no one wants to say anything bad about Roman because Roman's the man, dude. Good dude, great in ring. And by the way, guess what? If and when he turns, he will become a mega star. The star they want him to be, in my opinion, they're not wrong about it being Roman. If you think that part, I staunchly disagree with you. If you think that Roman can't be a megastar, I staunchly disagree with you. It's going about it the wrong way. That's the issue. Roman could be that guy. He Picture Roman viciously turning on Seth Rollins. Okay, and here's what you do. If you have him turn on Seth Rollins, you get the opportunity. I, you know, I, I had this conversation with someone the other day. Um, I won't say who. A, because I don't remember. And B, because they may not want me to say. But if you have Roman turn on Seth Rollins and wait for it, The Rock. Is cooking. If he was to turn on The Rock, blame The Rock for standing next to him at Roy- at the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia a few years ago. Jabroni. If if he was to turn on The Rock and turn on Seth Rollins, the level of heat magnet that Roman would be. It doesn't matter what your name is. It would be insane. And it could play out in back-to-back WrestleManias. And the irony is for everyone who like hates Roman always getting the main spot at WrestleMania, if it was Roman, if it was heel Roman against babyface Seth at WrestleMania, whoa. Sorry, I think that changed that I think that changes a lot of people's opinions. I really do. So the opportunity is there, and then once he gets hated like that. The ability two, three years down the road for him to come back and be the guy everyone wants him to be right now is totally possible. The problem is it's it's just impossible to force someone to get there if they're not there. That part's just not possible. You can't force it in. That didn't sound right. Let's move on from Roman Reigns, though. All that aggression inside you, you chose to take it out on an inanimate object. And not only... An inanimate object. Hey, shut up! Shut your mouth! So, of course, the biggest thing, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on um, Mojo and No Way Jose, although I will tell you, I, I like bad guy Mojo Rawley. I do like that. Um, and I did enjoy, um, I did enjoy KO and Braun Strowman tagging together against Finn and Corbin. I like that too. But what we have to talk about is is we finally got it, guys. Finally. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Finally, we got Bailey turning on Sasha. Oh, you know, listen, um, some could say too little, too late. I will not say that. I will not say too little, too late. I will say too late, but they made up for it by really making it impactful. I I really think that there's a chance here still. Am I annoyed that it took this long? Yes. It was repug. It absolutely... This was not a hard story to tell, in my opinion. Okay? There's absolutely no reason why we didn't get to Sasha and Bailey in time for WrestleMania, let alone post-WrestleMania. Oh, my goodness. But we're here now. And when Bailey turned on Sasha this week, there was a tag match. I'm sure you saw it at this point. Sasha Bailey and Ember Moon playing Peacemaker, trying to make them all friends against the Riot Squad. After the match, Bailey turns on Sasha and beats the holy hell out of her. Threw her into the stairs multiple times, stood over her, slapped her face, stared at her. I mean, it was she went all the way in. Just do me a favor. We took so long to get here. Now that we're here, give it to us. Let's get the let's 
I don't don't make it up like oh they 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 get it together and have one match at Extreme Rules or something because that's an easy way to do it because Extreme Rules is coming up. So you can obviously make a match with a stip that's like something you know whatever they decide to do an Extreme Rules match chairs whatever the thing is that they decide to do it's easy to have it a street fight you could obviously do it here and be done with it. They're hit. Sasha and Bailey being legit real life best friends, this is an opportunity. So I really hope this plays out. The date right now as I record this is June 29th. This should at least play out to SummerSlam at the end of August. At least. And frankly, you know, the, the women's roster is different now. There's a lot of people there. There's place people need stories to have. These two being locked up together for a while. I think it's a great way to utilize them. And frankly, it's just a story that if you ever want either of these people to reach their potential and Sasha and Bailey both have a ton of potential. Of course, Sasha maybe has more potential than anyone, you know, from a sheer skill standpoint. I think Sasha has in ring. She's one of my favorite people. She's she's maybe my favorite bump in in the wrestling business today or at least WWE. And I'm sure there are people are you don't even watch ROH. When was the last time you watched the Japan? I hear you. It's on my DVR. But for what I watch, let me not be a jerk. For what I watch every week, I love what Sasha does in the ring. Okay? We know there's stories about outside the ring, you know, how she decides to play or not play ball backstage. But in the ring, she still makes it look just special. And this is an opportunity to make her go from special to meaningful again. Because when she... You know, after her last takeover match, she was meaningful. Her and Charlotte on the main roster, meaningful. Her and Alexa have had moments that were meaningful. But then there have been these gaps where she's put in stories where it's just not meaningful anymore. And, and guess what? We talked about it on the show. There were times when Sasha was coming out and getting no pop. None. She would just like come out and her music would hit and you guys know no one's popping for Sasha's music like I do. I'm popping all the way. And no one else was. So an opportunity to make Sasha really matter again. I'm not going to say make Sasha great again. I'm not going to say it. Oh, I forgot to play this for Booker. She is managing, as managing manager of general, excuse me. Oh my God. So hopefully they do the right thing here and, uh, and we get this story told the right way. I see they're playing into it like on social media together. Um, and that's entertaining. So, uh, I do enjoy, uh, KO in, in his role with Braun Strowman of like trying to make Braun Strowman like him. Um, and I also, if you didn't see it, so after the, they have their match, uh, they get the win. But afterwards, when KO tries to be his friend, they like stare each other down. Owens ends up just running or running away. Then you see KO running through the backstage area with Strowman giving chase. Owens hides. Strowman walks past him. Owens gets his bag to leave. Owens goes to Owens goes to valet. To find out that Strowman has stolen his keys. Oh, I hate when Braun Strowman steals your keys. Then Strowman appears, gives him his keys, and says that he hopes he has insurance because there's his car. The camera, of course, shows the car flipped upside down. You know Strowman likes to toss cars. We've been over this before. Zach Linder told me his favorite thing happening right now is... Dolph Ziggler, by the way, not a surprise because A, he's friendly with Dolph and is a huge Dolph fan. But also, I like what's happening with Dolph and, and Seth. These are two guys who have been two of the best actual wrestlers on the roster for years. Seth is at his hottest. Dolph was in a spot where he's moving, going back the right direction. Dolph gets to take the title off him, gives it more meaning. It's one of those times when I think a title switch does make a difference. And here we are. And now you have Seth trying to chase to win the title back because they've made that a thing, the amount of championship reigns uh, for Rollins. They're making that a thing, and I like that. And then you get to see Drew McIntyre just be an absolute monster in the Kevin Nash, Diesel, bodyguard adjacent role. 
looking just huge. By the way, isn't it crazy how huge Drew McIntyre is now? I mean, like, the guy was always in good shape, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, he's just absolutely psychotic at this point. All right, um, let's spend a little bit of time on SmackDown before I get to Mailbag. Um, are, are people saying what happened to Nakamura, by the way? Because he, he was scheduled to main event uh, SmackDown, I believe, um, against Jeff Hardy. And, yeah, the story's out here. There it is on Deadspin. Shinsuke Nakamura was bitten on the leg by a police dog in Bakersfield where they had a house show on Monday. Bakersfield Police Department confirmed the story, releasing a statement explaining that a WWE employee had been injured by a bite to the leg from a member of an explosive detection uh, canine team. How does that happen? The employee sustained an injury to his lower left leg. Medical aid was immediately summoned to the scene, and the employee was transported to a local area hospital for medical treatment. I don't even get it. Ringside News has an article. Could WWE sue? Crazy. So anyways, you, so you don't get the, the Jeff Hardy Nakamura match. And first of all, sending a get well out to Nakamura. That seems like a terrifying way to get injured. Miz TV. Miz is, by the way, still great, guys, in case you didn't know. Uh, Miz out there with the Bludgeon Brothers. And I think it's so interesting. We keep seeing, like, Daniel Bryan interrupt and, and get close to the Miz. In this case, actually helping the Miz with the interruption. And now we welcome in, um, he's making the towns right now in upstate oh. New York. There he is. S to the G to the G. Major. What's up, bud? Cheetah, my apologies. My apologies. Please, please don't be sorry. We don't want, we played all your drops. So it felt like you were here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we are driving through Phoenix, New York right now, um, on our way to Rochester. Fourth of July weekend, uh, baby christening and festivities. Uh, I missed your call, man. My bad. It's all right, man. You guys are doing the making the towns. Who's driving? <laughs> exactly, just making the towns. You know. Is she driving? Doing our thing. I'm driving. Nice. Okay. She, uh, yeah, I'm, it's hands free though. She she's got the phone. I'm focused on the road. So it's a safety person here, you know? Well, you're, you keep it real, but you also keep it safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, always, always. Um, who would you say in this situation is the Arn Anderson and who's the Tully Blanchard? Who's the Arn Anderson? Yeah. Oh, she's definitely the Arn Anderson. She is there, of course, all the way. <laughs> I knew that. All, all the way. All right, so I called you earlier. We, well, of course. <laughs> of course. Now, we, we moved on from the main subject uh, that I wanted you for, which was to say, you know, so we won't spend too much time on it. We've already covered it now for a while. Roman Re- And by the way, Greg, I want you to know that in your absence, I called you to talk about Roman and, uh, and Brock Lesnar potentially at SummerSlam. And because I couldn't get you on the phone and I wanted to get someone, I knew you'd only approve of someone who's a Black Power Rankings Hall of Famer. So we called, right. so I called Booker T. Oh, of course. So I was, I, wrestling yeah, wrestling royalty. I wasn't going to disrespect you by, if you weren't available, calling some random white man. That was not a game I was going to play on this show. Not even, a, not even an option. Not even, not even a, a thing we could have happen. We landed on Booker T, who I knew would make you proud. Um, of course. All right, so like Bret Hart should be in there too. Bret Hart can't. Bret Hart's one of us. No, the only the only Black Heart is Owen Hart. Let's be clear. So SGG, do you have? Be honest. Can you see a world in which Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar happens at SummerSlam at the Barclays Center and it turns out positively? No, I can't. Wow. 
But um, that's because, it's, I mean, for me, it would be fine. Like, I'm happy to see Roman win the Universal Championship um, and bring it back home. Uh, they won that for a while. Uh, even Roman with, like, the AOP as his minions or, like, Roman with the shield holding him down as Universal Champ, I'd be happy to see what they, you know, in any form, solo and some type of faction, whatever. But I feel like most people, or at least the most vocal people in the WWE Universe want him to just go away. And um, if you strap a championship on him, he's not going to go away. Well, no. No, he's not. And it's just so, I, I, you know, Greg, you're maturing in front of our eyes. There was a time when I don't think you could have admitted this to be true. I think you would have fought tooth and nail and said, no, it could be great. I think the, the harsh reality has become that unless something different happens, the only way this works is if, like, between now and SummerSlam, Roman were to become, like, a dastardly heel. That's the only way. Right. Right, that is the only way. And uh, I don't see them going that route with him. N- not right now. No, me neither. And what I what I was talking about with Booker T and earlier was, I think it's disappointing because, you know, the reason I don't want Roman with Brock is Brock has an opportunity to really be a heel again. I think people are over the Brock act, and I think they're down to boo him if you were to put in the right person. You know, there, there are several people, there's several people I think you could plug in there. I think people would love, and by the way, I don't, I mean, listen, Braun's standing right there, man, with the briefcase. Like, that's the thing that puzzles me the most because Braun, because Braun has the briefcase, he doesn't have to wait for Braun to show up. Um, and he shouldn't. He's proven to be, uh, formidable enough challenge that he should say, this is the time. This is a place. I know you have all these perks in your contract, but my contract trumps that, and I will see you at whatever time, whatever place for a Universal Championship match, whether you want to or not. And it should be a thing that happens. Yeah, I just don't really... You First of all, you have a legit history now between Braun and Strowman that you can focus on when they, when they started... You know, when they basically sh- had a shoot moment at that pay-per-view last year, right? Yeah. Like, there, there is there is a story there. The crowd currently loves Braun. You're building Braun up. Like, why not? Just, wh- I don't get it. Why not? You know, I, and, and, and there's another place to utilize Roman. Where you can, but I think it requires turning him because right now I don't see where you put Roman. Anyways, I didn't want to spend all the time with Roman. Um, I was just getting to SmackDown. Um, I was just going to spend a brief minute there and then I'm going to do some mail and get up out of here because it was a crazy week. And now after this week, we get to chill out and have an easier schedule as open late is now closed for, the, for at least like five, six weeks. Um, SGG, did anything stand out to you big from, um, from uh, SmackDown. From SmackDown, um, no. Raw was the one that had the had the highlight for me. The one that are sticking out at the forefront of my mind. Uh, you know, the Bailey Sasha interaction. Yeah, we talked uh, about that quite a bit. I, I was excited. From SmackDown, though, I'd have to give the nod to the Team Hell No reunion, which I didn't see coming until like moments before it happened, because. Um, you know, in my mind, I was I saw Daniel Bryan taking that beating from the Bludgeon Brothers. I'm like, who's gonna save him? And like at the last second, the only thing that made sense was Kane, and then Kane showed up. Yeah, that was a um, that was a really nice moment, and I think again, what you're looking for here with Daniel Bryan is. Things to do with him that can be fun and interesting until you get him with Miz. Correct? Correct. And, and uh, I think this is it. I think this is one of those things. Yeah, this will be one of those things. And you can now basically, it's, I mean, it's is it already official? It's official, yeah. Yeah, Paige, Paige made it official. Bludgeon Brothers versus uh, Team Hell No. Like, here we go. We're there. 
So you get the, you get that pay per view uh, with Daniel because by the way, no matter what, Daniel Bryan has to have a primary slot on SmackDown. So what are you yeah. going to do until you're going to get until you get to Miz? So I like that. Um, it's a fun and, fun and thing to honest, do. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan versus Miz is not a thing that you want to rush. Um, rush through SummerSlam or anything like that. Like this is this is mania right here. This is WrestleMania, and we want to stretch it out as much as we can. We can't have them get too close to each other to the point where it gets stale. Um, I'm okay with them throwing Daniel Bryan in these random mini feuds until January, and then we get to press play on on the one we've all been waiting for. Honestly. All right. Well, listen. I don't want to keep you from missing bell time at, in Ithaca. So uh, go have fun with the valet. We just want to make sure we had you on the pod, and we'll we'll do a nice regular show next week. Yes, Peter and all the peanuts. Thank you, thank you for uh, having me this week. <laughs> We're happy to have you every week, SGG. So long. I know, but I mean, I was expecting to not be on the show. No, never. Uh, well, only if I'm out of the country, then occasionally. <laughs> all right, later, dude. And bye, uh, stay mage. Bye, valet. Stay mage. Oh, and on this weekend, make sure you do me a favor and enjoy yourself. There he is, the SGG. Let's hit some mailbag real quick. And again, I'm happy to report that starting next week, um, we will be getting back to normal when it comes to schedule for the show. Um, okay. Eric Lundquist writes, if you, uh, cheap heat, call a Paul. That's the subject. If you see Triple H backstage while working an event, would you ever call him Paul? If not, what do you think the friendship level threshold to call him Paul is? I would definitely not call him Paul. Um, I would call him, I call him Hunter, I believe. Um, which makes no sense when you think about it. I, I don't think the threshold's that high to call him Paul. I think he gets called Paul a lot. Um, especially now that like, you know, he does interviews on ESPN and stuff. And they're like, oh, it's Paul Triple H Levesque. So I don't think it's that high a threshold. I just wouldn't do it in my situation. Um, all right, let's see. Um, Maynard, let's go to Maynard. Kane hates the Bludgeon Brothers. Is this because the Bludgeon Brothers stole his costume? All right, well said. Patrick Chase, Roman Reigns. In the category of fantasy booking a Roman heel turn, what do you think of the SummerSlam is headlined by Brock Roman, to which most of a 12-minute match is greater by fans chanting, for a Braun cash-in. Roman ends up winning clean, but is exhausted on the mat. Braun music hits. He comes out, cashes in. The bell rings, and Roman staggers to his feet, only to sucker punch the ref and get DQ'd. Roman loses, but keeps the title and robs Braun of his briefcase. He can then go on Raw acting as entitled heel thoughts. Love it. Love it, Patrick Chase. MVP-level email right there. Love it. Um, all right, then a guy wrote me about wanting to do help us out with video. Jared, I see your email. I'm starring it. Uh, Robin writes us to the mage one. Sup, Pete? Love what you do with Cheap Pete. Appreciate you speaking on social issues about race and gender equality on any platform. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. As a white man in a place of authority, it must be challenging, and I appreciate how you handle it with such savvy. Wow. This is very nice. Um, since you are, in fact, the mage one, I was hoping you could help me. I recently got back into coaching women's college basketball at Lynn Benton Community College in Oregon and was put in charge of fundraisers. I'm hoping to start a coach's clinic and would love to see about getting Doris Burke as the keynote, but I cannot seem to find a way to get in touch with her. Can you hook me up by letting her know we'd like to discuss having her come to campus to be the keynote? I figured if anyone had the network to get in touch with her, it would be you. Keep up the good work and consider finding a real co-host as opposed to that co-host of Jace SGG. Why bury us, GG? Stay mage, Robin. I do not know Doris Burke at all, dude. Um, unfortunately, that would be a complete reach. Maybe someone hearing this does and can reach out to you, Robin Andrea from Lynn Benton Community College in Oregon. But I would, it would be very awkward because I have zero connection. Um, but good luck with that. That's awesome, man. Jesse Vasquez. Hey, Pete, big fan of the show. Been listening for years now. Right off the bat, I want to thank you for having a wrestling podcast for those of our, us that are with a life. 
I never used to listen to wrestling podcasts and still don't aside from Cheap Heat because they're usually hosted by peckerheads like the man who makes shoes. Sorry, guy. I don't watch New Japan. I prefer women. <laughs> I mean, you can have a sexual, you can have a sex life and watch New Japan. I mean, how many people do that? We don't have proof, but you can. I felt compelled to write you this week because I've had to sit through several weeks of SGG, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Uptown Malcolm, make insane arguments in relation to Bret Hart. Well, I wanted to throw this one out there. Triple H is greater than Bret Hart. Now, I'm sure that SGG will make the following arguments. Bret was the better in-ring worker. Bret had one of the greatest rivalries of all time against Sean. Bret could work with anyone. And Bret had all-time great WrestleMania matches against Stone Cold and Sean. Well, allow a fellow lawyer to retort. First, Triple H has longevity. 24 years in the business, and he's still putting on great matches. And he's in better shape than most of the guys on the roster. Brett only had 10 years in the mainstream business, roughly. Let me think about it. Brett was on WrestleMania 2, which is 86. Eh, you know what? In terms of the mainstream business, you're right. I mean, you can, if you, if you give him till the end of his WCW run, it's like 13 years or something, right? And although he wasn't, really on his own and popping until, what, 89? So, yeah, I mean, it is roughly about 10, 12 years, depending how you look at it. Anyways, second, he's had better and more memorable storylines than Brett. Yes, Brett and Sean, Owen and Stone Cold. Uh, Yes, Brett had Sean, Owen and Stone Cold, but Triple H has had as good, if not better, feuds with Mick Foley, The Rock, Stone Cold, Kurt, Y2J, Undertaker, Sean, Batista, Vince McMahon, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Seth Rollins. I don't know if all of those are better, dude. Some of those are good. Sting and inexplicably Ronda Rousey. That's not even counting the memorable feuds he's had as part of DX or Evolution. Third, he's unequivocally better on the mic. One of the best, most hated, and criminally underrated heels of all time. And finally, he's more mainstream than Bret. If you ask the average non-wrestling fan if they know Bret Hart, 99% would say Who? Triple H has been on Kimmel, Colbert, ESPN. Even people who don't know wrestling know that wrestling is the thing that Triple H does. In short, he's a borderline three-time Hall of Famer on his own with DX and Evolution. Evolution's not making the Hall of Fame. An underrated in-ring and on-the-mic talent and an ambassador of the sport. He's not even close to being my favorite wrestler, but even I have to agree he's one of the greatest of all time. And if you don't agree with that, I have two words for you. Enjoy yourself. Sincerely, Jesse. Are you listening, RJ? That was a phenomenal, phenomenal email. I've got two words for you. Enjoy yourself. You may have just changed the future of cheap heat, dude. Do you know how big, if Dipperstein's listening, how big Dipperstein just popped to, I've got two words for you. Enjoy yourself. I don't even care about the rest of your email. Okay, here's the bottom line. Triple H is regularly underrated, particularly by nerd fans like us who hate him and blame him for all kinds of things. But the bottom line is this. He's had an incredible career. He's obviously a first ballot, instantaneous Hall of Famer. He controls the future of the business practically. He, his, What he's done with NXT has completely changed the WWE. A lot of the stuff we've loved the most has been anchored by Triple H over the last several years. He's iconic. Um, Arguing that he's better than Bret Hart, even though... It would be tough for me to swallow and other Bret Hart fans. It's a reasonable argument. Brian writes us, love the show from Hong Kong. Just wanted to reiterate my previous email saying that if Cheap Heat has an auto-download podcast, is an auto-download podcast, whereas Mass Man is a snooze listen when I want, when I want to GTS. <clears throat> so in your match with the maker of shoes at WrestleMania, can I suggest animal valets? J-Cat is snake. But maybe Shoemaker can borrow one. Or would Bill Simmons suffice instead? Snake indeed. Bearing the lead, Nia has said Bear is over AF. And he would totally be over AF in the WWE ring if he came down as your manager slash valet. The problem is you're playing the heel and Bear is an obvious baby face. (laughs) So my feeling is conflicted. As that would mean you would turn on Bear. Clearly, I haven't thought this through and would love nothing more than for you to think, <laughs> for you to think it live during the fan mail portion of the next cheap heat. Love you guys. Brian from Hong Kong. Ho Ho Lun represent. Before you ask, he's my bro. Like, I know Bruce Lee. Totally. All right. 
I'm going to have to stop here because we have to wrap, and I have a bunch more emails. Uh, Todd, Doug, Matthew, Freddie, I see your emails. They're staying in black. We will get to them next week. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. How do we utilize Bear? That would be challenging because Bear is a baby face, and obviously right now it seems obvious that I'm working heel against Shoemaker, but Shoemaker turned his back on us. How am I the heel? Shoemaker turned his back on us and goes to Hollywood to link up with Bill Simmons, who also turned his back on us. And I'm the bad guy? Bill Simmons is a no-good, do-for-nothing snake. And he slithered his way up to Shoemaker and took him away from the Cheap Heat podcast. And I love the new, new era of Cheap Heat, but we all know the glory days are missed. And why? Because Shoemaker was able to be turned around by someone like that. I remember the moment I saw him. He walked up to me. I was I was doing an appearance with Jake the Snake. And Shoemaker walked out, and he was standing with Bill Simmons. And I said, what are you doing with him, man? Anyone but him. Wait, that was someone else. Either way, I don't see why I'm the heel. I should be the baby face. And, and, and even if you want to see me as a heel, isn't it heelish to have a dog as cute as Bear? He's literally perfectly cute all the time. It's kind of hilariously heel that like, if I was a bad guy and every time I'm like, check out my dog. And he's literally, like on my IG story right now at Rosenberg Radio, he's just perfectly nuzzled next to my neck. Maybe his cuteness could be used in a heel way. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com, Rosenberg Radio on the Twitter and Instagram. We, I still check the tweets these days, guys. Um, did say I mentioned the Drake album? The disc one, the rap disc, to me, may be Drake's best body of work. Um, haven't spent a lot of time on the second disc yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I look at it as two separate albums, kind of. So, anyways, that's my take. I think it's pretty good. I mean, dude, he has, you talk about going heel. The dude has features from Michael Jackson and Jay-Z. All right. When that happens, it's, I, I think I have a drop for what it is when that happens. Good night. Good luck. It's written. What's that from? Good night. Good luck. It's written. Did I say that? Is that my voice? Good night. Good luck. It's written. Either way, guys, uh, we'll see you next week with a full edition of Cheap Heat. Thank you for the emails. Keep them coming. Um, and, and by the way, if you're wondering, there will be a mage Cheap Heat SummerSlam celebration in New York. So do me a favor. Stay mage and also enjoy yourself.